everybody. Welcome back to You Got It, Dude. I'm Dina. And I'm Whitney. Literally almost just said I'm Whitney, but whatever. I I always get worried about saying my own voice or my own name. What am I saying? Wow. We are off to a strong start today, everyone. I feel like that matches what we watched, though, because it was <laughs> a complete disaster. And before we get into this, I just want to point out that like, when I was younger, I really enjoyed this whole series of videos. And so it was my dumb idea to make us watch this one. And now I felt really bad after I watched it. I don't believe that I watched many of these. I only watched the infamous first one, The Sleepover. Mm-hmm. So we watched our first You're Invited series, which, if you know, is the party series of the tween Olsen era. There's the detective series, and then there's this one. Which, yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you definitely know. This one's very bougie. Yes. Um, so we ventured into the You're Invited to Mary-Kate and Ashley's costume party, which we found on YouTube with Brazilian subtitles. Sponsor us, Brazil. <laughs> or I guess it would be Portuguese subtitles, but yes. um, yeah, we couldn't find it elsewhere like intact. So yeah, it's You're Invited to Mary-Kate and Ashley's costume party. I'll read the synopsis and then we'll just get into it. I can't wait. Because this was a little nuts. Mm. Okay. This 20-minute episode of the You're Invited series starts with the twins asking what type of party they should have because they have run out of ideas, which was clear. They raid their mother's closet, who apparently is six years old and has clothing from each decade. The twins sing songs and dress up from 1950s to 1980s and randomly discuss Western wear. After further discussion, they finally land on a come-as-you-are party, meaning people show up in the clothes they've been wearing at the time they received the invite, which isn't a costume party, except they change before calling them because even they can't get behind this terrible idea. The friends slash two love interests come over in various decades of clothing because apparently that's what they were wearing, and they sing about individuality, which makes no sense given the title of the movie. It ends with partygoers sharing the world's smallest pizza. The end. Uh, well, I guess I should say this publicly, Dina. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I texted Dina with this great idea on Wednesday or so, and I was like, this is going to be great. I had watched a little bit of, I think, the sleepover party on YouTube, and I was like, it's, it's weird looking back at these because they're like so over-exaggerated. They're acting even more yeah. so than like the detective series even more so than any of the movies they're always like wide-eyed like the way that they are in the beginning when she's like we've had every party known to man mary kate this was the worst acting so bad (laughs) it was so bad and like i think we talked about in the last episode of our dad how troyan whatever from pretty little liars was in it because she was a friend and like I hope to God that each one of these was just a friend that played the other kids because how did they ever pass an audition? Like the dancing. Oh my gosh. I loved the dancing. <laughs> like That's one part that I really enjoyed. The cowboy dancing, I really liked. And then the the last part, the come as you are, like last dance sequence seemed very like, oh gosh, it was like choreographed by NSYNC's choreographer. 
There was a lot of those like sort of like hard hitting hip hop and Wade Robson dances. would never Whitney. Oh How my dare gosh. you. Wade Robson. <laughs> I hope he's doing well. I mean, he seemed like he was recovering well in that Michael Jackson documentary. That's good. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Wow, we're only four minutes in and it is just a dark turn. It's off the rails already. (laughs) So we start off with the opening, which is the opening of every You're Invited series. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I didn't quite understand why it, like, started off with, like, an Edgar Allan Poe quote. Like, it starts off with, like, I don't get it either. Yeah, once upon a midnight dreary or whatever. Yeah, and like like that would make more sense for the detective series, like not really this, or maybe it, it made sense for like the first sleepover one, but not this one. <laughs> yeah. And they just like kept it for all of them, and the words are just on the screen, so it's not even them singing and dancing. And then we have to go into a whole nother theme song for the You're Invited series, which made sense. Right. That theme song makes sense, but... It took so long to get into this 20-minute video. For context, this 20-minute video has like a two-minute opener. So yeah. that's like one-tenth of the entire thing is taken up by the opening song and poem. But can I say, for a 20-minute video, it felt like two hours. Dude, it felt <laughs> so long. I gotta be honest, once we got to the Cowboy song, which was, I think, three out of the four songs, maybe, I was like, I like tried to like you know fast forwarded a little like just 30 seconds because I was like all right I kind of get this I think at this point I remember loving these videos I like had a complete like I literally have notes on my phone that I was taking um in my notes app and I had like a complete mental breakdown during this I was like (laughs) when I first saw these videos I loved them I had them on VHS I had them like stocked up in my little like VHS container that my mom gave me and I watched them now and I literally wrote down, God, you're going to love this. I wrote down, what are we actually doing here? Rewatching these videos. <laughs> like, what's the point of this podcast? Because at this point, I'm only, I'm just, I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm questioning myself. I'm questioning like the kind of content that we were raised on. It, uh, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> this one really, this one really got to me. Spoiler alert, this podcast is basically just a reason for Whitney and I to talk every week. <laughs> it really is. But also, we were like, let's revisit all these things. And like, I'm the biggest Mary Kate and Ashley defender to like anybody that comes at me. Yes. I'm like, tell, like, I will give you facts about them. I'll tell you why they're great. And I might have to step back on this series and be like, it was a low point. Maybe they'll bounce back if we watch the an episode of the TV series Two of a Kind, which I think is around this same time, given the haircuts that they were like rocking at the time, I would say. But yeah, I mean, if this would have been the first thing they'd done, this would have been the last thing they've done. Mm-hmm. But okay, so then the other weird thing that I never really understood about this was that there was how many You're Invited videos, like let's say like eight or so, probably more, like nine. And and then they lasted from, like, 1995 to, like, 2000. So it's, like, they would make them just, like, every once in a while, just, like, toss out, like, a 20-minute video of songs about some kind of party, some kind of, like, weirdly bougie party that, like, only upper-middle-class girls could relate to. Yeah. Love that. And this one was really weird because I always envisioned that you're invited as a, I guess, like, younger years, but in this they have, like, crushes and stuff. Yeah. That is weird because it's like even in like pre um, switching goals, 
or pre um, Billboard Dad, right? Yeah. So, well, no, actually, this came out the same year as Billboard Dad, and that is right, right, shocking okay. to me. That is so weird. Yeah. Somehow, Billboard Dad, they look like they're Academy Award winning actresses compared to this one. So, the first song I wrote, I know, I don't know what it means. What kind of closet is this? Um, I was wondering that. <laughs> okay. It's such a weird closet. And also, like talking about their mom, what kind of person has closet or has clothes from like the 1950s, like a poodle skirt, so like prominently displayed in her closet? Yeah, that's what I didn't understand is like, there was literally clothes from like every decade as if the person was a young person in every decade. And like, the first one is 50s costumes. And like, for some reason, I thought this was funny that they didn't subtitle the songs. They're like, it doesn't make a difference. (laughs) They're like, just go with it. You get it. But they had like never heard of like an ice cream social. And Uh, my second note is 50s costumes didn't subtitle. And then I wrote singing must be embarrassing like do they look back at like their singing their non-existent singing and they just like I can see now why they like left the business yeah I can see that too I this I I don't know I was just reading before we signed on right now I was just reading this W magazine article from 2006 right after Mary Kate dropped out of college and Stavros Niarchos cheated on her with Paris Hilton and all this kind of stuff but she was talking about how like how much they were pushed to do when they were little kids and how it was just like so much people pleasing. And it just really got me thinking about like how horrible their schedules must have been when they were kids. Like, yeah. can you imagine if they had no time off? And like the fact that like clearly the other children weren't forced into this. And so it's like you have to think like, were they a money machine? Were they just people pleasing and everybody thought that they loved it and they didn't like we need a biopic or we need a memoir or something. We need something. I mean, also, I don't think that this is the time to get into it, but I'm going to get into it anyway, because this is our <laughs> podcast. Um, so Alan Julian directed this. Again, we're talking about two males who are in charge of this whole situation for them. Alan Julian uh, directed it. And then this guy named Neil Steinberg wrote it. And I'm determined to now make this into a an investigative podcast because I want to discover who this Neil Steinberg is. There's nothing really about him online. There's one IMDb page where he essentially produced a whole slew of Mary-Kate and Ashley videos. Oh, yeah. I saw that, too. I looked him up and I was just like, wow. Yes. And he wrote only like six things or seven things. But guess what the latest thing that he wrote was? I got to read this to you. He wrote the Patty Stanger movie which I've never heard of this Patty Stanger's movie, but I just have to read the summary to you. It's, you two can find true love. Just ask the thousands of happy couples brought together by Patty Stanger, CEO of Millionaire's Club Matchmaking Service and the star of Bravo's hit TV series, Millionaire Matchmaker. Now Patty can help you... Uh, help your marriage dreams come true with Married in a Year, her proven easy-to-follow 12-month action plan for finding love. With her expert knowledge and upbeat, no-nonsense approach, Patty will motivate and guide you through all the stages. Which, like, I mean, let's be honest, we can all use some of those. But Married in a Year, should I read this? I mean, you should, yeah. <laughs> you should watch it. He, he wrote it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like a video that he wrote, so it's, it's easy to use. I think that we should both read it. <laughs> our boyfriends you know maybe take a look yeah it's fine because they as we've mentioned they don't listen guys no literally last week i tried to like let ved listen to his own podcast and he decided he hated his own voice and turned it off (laughs) oh well you know that's fine 
and we can get into this the songs versus the actual script like I really feel like they were written by two different people and I don't know what came first right (laughs) because the second song is about Ashley only dressing up in the 60s 70s 80s but she's with two other people and it goes like our mom says this and I'm like so clearly this was written for both of them to sing yeah, I thought that it was so weird that, that at some point Mary Kate was like, gotta go, bye. <laughs> I was like, what's the point of her leaving for just one of the songs? Yeah, I didn't get that either. And then like the like interludes between the songs are like very short. And it's basically just like, we should have this kind of party. No, that's a dumb idea. No, we should have this kind of party. Um, I will say in, in that one, the 60s Ashley, I did like her outfit, like the tie dye and the linen glasses. Yeah, I think figured you might I I don't know the the fashion didn't really make a great impression on me because it was just so like costumey although I guess that that's kind of how we dressed when I mean I was a I wore like a poodle skirt when I was you know in second grade and I wore like the tie-dye shirt and the like whatever the fringe when I was in like third grade or something so I guess I guess we all went through it yeah I I did think um in that same song um, they had the guy in the Saturday Night Fever tux for the 70s. And I was like, have they seen that movie? Because yeah. there's a lot of sexual assault. There's suicide. You know, let's reference that. Let's pay a note to that. Yeah, I think that that's fine. I don't think, that, I don't mind that at all. Um, So I thought that the first one, the first song, Ice Cream Crazy. Uh-huh. I liked that one. I thought that that was good. But then like the Ashley song where they start out like going through mom's clothes like I was like did they just make this up on the spot because it just seems so basic yeah and then she like does like an 80s outfit and then I started thinking after this point why wasn't this just called a decades party like why is every costume like a very particular thing in time like they totally ignore the concept of all costumes like a like a costume party that I would go to you would wear like a pop culture thing or like a Halloween costume like it's not just based in time yeah I wrote down we were promised a costume party in the actual (laughs) premise and then all we got was a costume pre-party and then a come as you are party which isn't a costume party yeah which does sound like an inappropriate party though yeah (laughs) it's to me it just reminds me of uh, Nirvana yeah like the beginning of that one song come as you are anyway and then like and then it goes into mary kate's solo song which was a country song about her being on horses which again isn't a costume that's just what she wears to ride horses (laughs) yeah and it was called the honky tonk hip-hop which i'm personally offended by as a concept (laughs) so am i Jesus. Honky Tonk Hip Hop. That is just, uh, we got to discover more about like who is behind this movie, who wrote it. Yeah. Like who wrote the songs. I mean, like what is going on here? I'm so curious and there's just not enough information. And like, oh, this is what I have. So before this song, like Ashley appears back because apparently when they do these songs, they go into an alternative universe or something. She comes back and she's talking to Mary Kate. And one of them says, like, or I think it's Mary Kate says, don't be so narrow-minded. But there was nothing before that that made sense for that to be a comment to. <laughs> and she, I, like, wrote, narrow-minded to what? Like, what are you talking about? 
That's so weird. I also really liked that that like first scene right before they get to the ice cream social, like the first we've had every costume party known to man scene where she was like, you know, they, they do that like who's on first weird, like joking back and forth where like one of them's like, you can say that again. And then she's like, no, I can't say that again. You know, like I was like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? The fact that this was like scripted out by like Neil Steinberg is very strange. I uh... like, what was this man doing? Yeah. Who is he? we need to know why is he and yeah so then we then they come up with the brilliant concept because apparently all their friends have such varying interests that they can't limit themselves on what the theme of this party should be so they come up with the concept of come as you are except that they don't want to do that because they don't want to wear the outfits they're wearing so they say okay we're gonna change and then we'll call them yeah because we don't like who we are. Actually, that does make a lot of sense. That reminds me of something that I would do. I'd be like so like self-hating that I'd be like, no, no, no. Everybody else is so cool and different. But like me, I'm the one who needs to change. I wrote down this line where she said, one of them says, it's okay to be different. You know, look at our friends. Mark's into retro these days. And Matt, well, he's sort of preppy. And I was like, when we were in, in elementary school, would we describe any of our friends I mean, I guess the only person I can think of who I would like describe as having like a personal style is Nicole, which is one of our friends growing up, everybody. And she was kind of like hippie-ish. But her style was that she didn't have a style. And she would literally grab two things from the closet and it would be the first two things that she, because I carpooled to school with her. And sometimes I would be like, what is this? Because, you know, way before LuLaRoe, she was pattern mixing. I loved it. I was like, so how did this come about? And she's like, I just grabbed two things. See, I thought that, that was really cool. Nicole was the first one of us to like get into the Avril Lavigne like tie wearing thing. And as she would always tell us, like she she did it before Avril did it, which she did. I mean, as far as I know, I just thought it was like the coolest thing. But she's the only person I can think of who I would describe as having like a quote personal style at all. I certainly wouldn't describe anybody as into quote retro these days. Or being yeah. sort of happy. No, yeah. And then, like, the people show up. It's not even everybody that's been dancing with them the whole time. It's, like, two guys they have a crush on and then, like, one other person? Two other people? And they just are, sh- like, one shows up in a full disco outfit. But, like, a separate guy than what was in the disco video. <laughs> He's like, look, this is who I am. This is my truth. I'm into disco. I don't... Oh, I... Yeah, this was just really frustrating for me. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole video, I feel so bad for recommending. We'll do, you can you can choose next or we'll do to grandmother's house when we go um, because it's the holidays. But like, we got to do something to get this bad taste out of our mouth. <laughs> we just like lean into it. And like, I guess we just have like such nostalgia for like the ones, because I had never seen this one. Mm-hmm. But, like, for, like, the sleepover party or, like, for the detective series, like, the Thorn okay. Mansion or things like that. But, I mean, I guess I've seen the the SeaWorld one. But, right. Yeah. In the same W article, I just read that they have 47 videos. So I'm guessing we've seen a lot of those, but not all of them. And so watching all of them again, like, I feel like only, like, certain ones stick out in your memory. Yeah. And then watching them all again, I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot more than I um, remembered. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make me feel better that, like, I still watch Double Double Toil and Trouble, and I'm like, this holds up. And I'm like, am I biased? Right. And it's like, no, because I look back at these, and I'm like, oh, my God. 
Right. No. Yeah, we can tell what's good and what's bad. Um, so the last song, like, is about Come As You Are. It's, like, very, like, high school musical type of thing. And I wrote, is this song about ageism or individualism? Right. And then also, like, I just think it's funny because they talk about fashion from all the different eras and how it all makes sense. But, like, we're about to go into, like, arguably, like, one of the worst fashion periods of the early aughts. Mm. (laughs) of of like low-rise jeans and dresses over jeans and god um, I can't believe that we lived through that I know there's like no pictures of me and I'm fine with it I know I look back on all that kind of stuff and I'm like ugh, kill me now especially the low-rise jeans obviously kill me yeah I mean that never worked for me I was body shaming in a jean (laughs) sorry So, oh, so there's, like, this part where this is, like, clearly, like, the last movie before um, they just let go of this and just go on to the full-length ones, and they have crushes, which I wasn't expecting, and, like, they're talking to each other, the twins, and they're like, oh, so Matt's showing off for you and Mark's showing off for you, (laughs) and when they say Mark's showing off for you, he's fully thrusting. (laughs) Did you see that? Yes, dude. Okay, so this does make me think of, I did remember these movies being like very like feeling very weird like you're on drugs and when I watched this particular scene I was like oh there's the movie that I remember like it's basically it does that weird like sepia tone like memory thing like she's remembering him like dancing looking directly in her eyes their eyes were locked on one another and he's just thrusting in slow motion (laughs) as an 11 year old boy yeah I mean, at least it's age appropriate than we saw in our last movie, but still. <laughs> right. Nobody's spraying them down with water so that the 22-year-old lifeguard can <laughs> enjoy. Uh, the mom, like, says they have pizza. And, like, as a pizza lover and pizza connoisseur, I was just personally offended that they got such a big box for that, such a small pizza. It yes. was, like, even the production design. Like terrible I know I know all we have is like one room at Quixote Studios which anybody that watched the hills knows what I'm talking about like we have a day to get this all in but like couldn't order a large from Domino's no it it literally looked like a DiGiorno can you imagine the mom tossing a DiGiorno and then took like an old pizza box and put it in there (laughs) just be like we got it it's not delivery sorry and then it ends with bloopers which I mean I say this every episode, but, like, Mary-Kate's clearly the better actress. Clearly. (laughs) And this was proven by how many bloopers Ashley had. So I have to tell you that until this point, I was almost convinced that all of the middle parts were, like, improv because the lines were so dumb (laughs) that I was like, are they making this up as they go along? And then when they showed the bloopers, I was like, oh, this was pre-thought out by Neil Steinberg. (laughs) This is, uh, as we would call, premeditated. (laughs) <laughs> because I feel like it's such an assault on my on my brain that I'm going to refer to this as premeditated. The premeditated crime. Yeah. Crime of everything. Crime of humanity. Yeah. Trying to, like, read my notes. I only have, like, two pages. I literally have, like, barely any notes. I We're now 26 minutes into our podcast, and I'm basically done with the movie. It was, our talking about it is longer than the actual movie. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, I think that, yeah, clearly we don't recommend viewing this. I read the Vulture article that we talked about last week or the week before about the serality of it. And I don't even think, like, clearly she didn't watch it to write that because I don't feel like it really gave it justice of how dumb this was. 
Right. She was just kind of like, it's a movie. Whatever. Which, I mean, did she make the better call than us? Maybe. Probably. Honestly. It's like not even... My problem with it is that like some of these, like the SeaWorld one, now now looking back on it, even though we really didn't enjoy it at the time, that at least was like so bad. It was actually kind of interesting. Yeah. This one was like so bad it because it wasn't even interesting, you know? Yeah, like it and like people maybe feeling the same way about us talking about it, but I feel like it just like drug on or dragged on for like ever. Ugh. Well, what are you going to do? Well, we're watching it so that you don't have to. So we're really doing a public service here. Yeah, like, this is not a rewatch. So even though we're talking about a non-costume costume party, I wanted to ask you, because Dina and I met, what year did we meet, Dina? How old were we? Sixth grade? Seventh grade? <sighs> yeah, we were probably around, it was probably around this year. Yeah, that would make sense. And somehow we didn't talk about this riveting piece of art. Well, well, because Nicole, to bring back Nicole, Nicole wasn't into this kind of stuff either. Or like, I mean, at all. But you and I probably like were like, probably felt that the other one would be like, oh, no, I don't watch that. Even though we both were. Yeah, we were like embarrassed to talk about it. That makes sense. But since I didn't know you when we were below this age, what was your favorite like costume growing up? Like probably Halloween costume, I assume, but it can be any kind of costume. I was like the easiest kid because I was a princess and I wore the same costume for like four or five years in a row. I was just a princess always, which like really seems, I don't know, in contrast to my current character, but like I just wanted a big pink dress and... Even now, I don't really dress up for Halloween ever. And I think it's because I put too much pressure on myself to, like, come up with a creative costume. I can see that. And then, like, I just don't want, like, a mediocre costume, so I'd rather just, like, not dress up at all. But I really loved my hot pink princess. I think I was Raggedy Ann one year. I think when I was little, I was, like, Mary Poppins one time when I was, like, two or three, which, like, the costume looks nothing like Mary Poppins. Oh. It was it was for our um our preschool party. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I don't even remember what I wore for that preschool party. It's just like a very uh like my family is not the type of family that has family photos up. Like mm-hmm. there's like one little section of the house that has anything and that's one of the photos, so that's the only reason I remember. Now that you mention it, I do remember seeing pictures of you in the like the pink costume somewhere. Yeah. I think that I've seen it. What about you? So I I was a different thing mostly every year, but like the one thing that I came back to a couple of times was I was a clown. Oh, I was too. Yeah, right? Okay, thank you for saying that because I always hear from people like they're like, ew, you were a clown and they get like really upset about it because I guess like a lot of kids are scared of clowns, but I fucking loved being a clown. Like my mom made me made me a costume when I was like two that had like big balls of yarn as buttons. And then she made me another another clown costume when I was like in fourth grade or something. I was probably too old to be a weird clown that was like ugly. But um, I fucking loved it. I wore like the big shoes. I wore like the big like rainbow wig, like a big bright nose. I just loved it so much. When I was little, I was so obsessed with clowns, dude. Did I ever tell you the joke that I came up with when I was like three years old and I thought that I was like a comedian? No. Okay. Why are clowns so funny? Why? Because they have polka dots. Have you ever heard a joke that doesn't make any less sense? It makes <laughs> zero sense. 
Wow. Who come up with that? Anyway, you're, so that's my you're a regular thought. Mark Marin. Thank you. I know. I I thought from when I was a kid, that's that was my dream job was being a comedian. Clearly, I was a clown. Um, but then my other favorite costume was ruined because I wanted I wanted to be Jasmine when I was in like uh-huh. I don't know what it was, really young. And then I got like the perfect Jasmine outfit. I felt so cute, and then I couldn't wear it because it was it showed my belly. So then I had to wear like a skin colored like bodysuit, and then mm. I just it ruined the entire look. I thought, would that be considered cultural appropriation now? I know, I know. I think it's cultural honoring. Yeah, I mean, there is a fine line between cultural appreciation and appropriation, which clearly this is not the podcast for that discussion. Listen, you know, we've tr- transitioned our skills before to sports and, and whatever That's else. True. So I think that we can talk about cultural appropriation. And I don't like, I thought about it a lot because there's things where I would interpret it as appreciation and somebody else would appro- say it's appropriation. And I think it's a case by case basis, you know, obviously. Right. Um, I just wonder where the Disney of it all kind of lands in that because obviously the concept of jasmine is a form of appropriation as well right well i think i mean there's so many like layers to it but i think that obviously the first and foremost layer is just that like as kids we didn't understand any of that like we were just sort of like going for you know the character of it all yeah i do think if there's anyone to blame it's it's maybe disney because they like they take like certain cultures that are so rich and interesting and then they like flatten it out into this like two-dimensional weird world you know but we also have to be happy that we grew up in a time where there was a non-white princess that had prominence oh my gosh yeah completely agree Wow, this is a real complicated situation. It really is. But suffice it to say, I enjoyed being Jasmine. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) What I was going to say about a clown costume is there's a picture of me and my brother dressed in matching clown costumes. Oh, shoot. And he has makeup on. And like when I was like five or six looking back at the pictures, because it was when I was like 18 months old or something like that. Uh-huh. Or, or two or something like that I like I didn't have makeup on and he did and I was like mad at my mom and I was like how come he got it and she was like you got mad and took it all off like and then I was like retroactively like mad at like baby me that like would yeah. sit there with the makeup for the picture yeah. you're like right right that was me that's my fault okay I guess I'll take the hit on that one fine um I never had I guess when I was like probably in like fifth grade I think I had a birthday party that was 60s theme Mm. um, because I I was really into hippie culture as a kid but (laughs) it wasn't like a decades party or uh, didn't have a onset of costume party it was just like I'm gonna dress like this and we're gonna do hippie things what was hippie things like dropping acid oh wow um I don't even know if I want to admit what we did (laughs) No, please, please stop making so it. The podcast needs it, Dina. So for some reason, and this isn't even hippie. I don't even know where I got this from, but it was like you either roll down a goal or like somebody you hated. There was something about like energy and then like you had to write it down and I told everybody to eat the paper. Wait, what? Are you serious? Yeah. That's like a 10-year-old. I was yeah. like, guys. I didn't think I could love you anymore. That's yeah. the best thing I've ever heard. And yeah, that, 
And, like, some people did it, and then, like, I had, like, some religious friends that wouldn't do it. But, like, <laughs> the type of religious friends that, like, weren't allowed to, like, read Harry Potter. And, like, their parents talked to them about me because of it. Can you name names? Yeah. Uh, Amy. Oh. Okay. Got it. And then Chrissy, who um, right? I still talk to. She may be listening. I think she was apprehensive because she was a little more religious, but I think she ended up doing it because she's a good sport. I wonder, Dina, where 10-year-old you <laughs> read that that's like something that people did in the 60s? I, I don't know. What? And like, I was wearing like a crystal necklace. Like I was ahead of my time. That's so incredible. I figured that you would say that you guys like tie-dyed shirts or something. <laughs> no. only and I was like wearing my mom's top from like the 60s because like my mom was like 18 and like you know right around the hippie era you guys are singing like the age of Aquarius yeah like no I loved the Austin Powers soundtrack it's primarily the second Austin Powers film that's my favorite one it's the best one and so like I was really into Credence Clearwater and things like that like you were ahead of your time yeah I had like the 60s gold collection CDs like the infomercial my mom got it for me wow you were so much of a more interesting kid than I was I thought you were gonna say you were so much more interesting then yeah you were so you I mean who <laughs> among us was it but, but yeah certainly yeah that's so that's why I really um enjoyed the 60s outfit in this like I I felt that I love that you did oh my gosh I'm dying so that was the only type of like costume-ish party I had. Other than that, like my birthday is this week, um, is always around Thanksgiving. So it's like, it was hard enough to just like get a party together. Oh my gosh. I forgot to get you. I wanted to get you like a podcast themed birthday present that I could present to you on the podcast, <laughs> but I totally forgot. Wow. And now I just realized that by the time we record our next podcast, it'll be I'll be old. After your birthday. Oh my gosh, you'll be you'll be 33 just like me, two 33-year-old ladies. <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm just hopping on a young 32. Oh my gosh, you can yeah, you can do anything in the world. Dina, your whole future is ahead of you until next week. Yeah, except for my um bad knees which are caused by my loose kneecaps so you know hey guys Tina's doing well yeah um so this kind of reminds me speaking of you getting old this can be your (laughs) your present I can give you another round of Olsen Twins gossip yes please so for the theme song I was listening to this hip-hop classic radio station the other day and um uh, the Usher song oh my god came on And even though it's not really a classic, that's like five years ago. I don't know. It's probably 10 years ago now. But anyway, I was thinking that that should be our theme song for the Olsen Twins gossip. Because it's like, oh, 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 Olsen Twins gossip. (laughs) Something like that. But then obviously that's not um, royalty free. So I can't. Anyway, that's my idea. Uh, That's not the gossip though. The gossip is that Mary-Kate Olsen stepped out in NYC wearing all black. Okay. Wow. Fairly boring article title, but I did love how they incorporated two very different things at once on this. So the subtitle of this article is the queen of intrigue and incognito dressing is back dot 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 on the 25th anniversary of it takes two. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I was like, how did these two things mesh? But I really, I really loved that she tried to do it. But then even at the end, so basically it talks about how she's wearing, you know, all of these accessories, da, 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 da. And then it says at the end, it says, well, this is certainly not a new look for Olsen. There is something about seeing her out and about that that is both exciting and mysterious. Where is she in the weeks in between each sighting? Is she wearing all black all the time? What kind of face masks does she prefer when she's not being shot by paparazzi in the street? Does she know that today is the 25th anniversary of It Takes Two, the classic film starring her and her twin, Ashley? These are the questions that I know our queen of intrigue will never let us in on. But for now, the speculation will forever hold my attention. Wow. (laughs) That's a pretty funny article, actually. (laughs) Compliments. I would love if they, like stepped out in like j crew or something and that was their way of blending in and not being recognized oh my gosh the paparazzi doesn't even recognize them in their j crew that's so yeah. good i would i i hope some celebrity does that like billy eilish or something i think billy eilish just tried and then they just like abused her publicly for it oh yeah that's true wow what an article and like yeah she has on her calendar like oh this is the release date of this film <laughs> This is the 30th anniversary of you're invited to Mary-Kate and Ashley costume party. (laughs) She sends everybody like flowers. But I did think that you would like to know that this is the 25th anniversary around your birthday. Your birthday is also the birthday of It Takes Two. Wow, it is. Congrats. 25 years ago, November 17th, which is probably what I did for my birthday that year, if I know myself. 100%. If we can find where to watch that, maybe that's what we watch next. Okay, I like it. That's a good idea. I'm pretty sure this one holds up, but don't hold this to it, people. I know. Oh, it's on Prime. Oh, sweet. Yeah, next next week. It takes two. I'm excited for that one. Ooh, get ready, everybody. What is your favorite Usher song? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to say I can't say it. I'm going <laughs> to tell our entire podcast audience. <laughs> all, all of our audience. Yeah, well, everybody's dying to know. No, uh, I've t- I've told Bed this before, and then I instantly regretted it. I <laughs> my favorite Usher song is "You Got It Bad" because whenever I start liking somebody, that song always pops up in my mind. It hasn't for eight years because I've been with my boyfriend, everybody. But <laughs> when I used to have crushes, I would get that song in my head, much like Cameron Diaz in The Sweetest Thing. I don't know if you remember that scene, but when she's like dancing in the club and then everything gets like really, really like slow motion. And then Usher's like, I would forget The Sweetest Thing. I mean, you remember it scene by scene, right? <laughs> my favorite teacher from high school, Mrs. Hare. Sure, like, of course. The one, yeah. She was an extra in that scene. What? Yeah, which if you know her is like, doesn't make sense at all because she's like, that's that's so cute. That's even like better, actually, that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. so funny. God, I love that. Um, What's your favorite Usher song since we're talking about this? Oh, um, Hot Toddy with Jay-Z. I don't even know if I know that one. It's a good one. It's an it's a newer one, but like it came out like right around the time as like I think it's after yeah, but like it didn't get as much radio play as I would have thought, but it's definitely my favorite. I like to imagine you like listening to the song and you're like, "You know what? This isn't getting as much radio play as I think it should be." <laughs> I think about that one and I guess Run This Town got play, but like does it get as much play as it should have? I don't know. Certainly not. Um, what was the Usher song back in the 90s where they were basically like, 
um, what's that? Hold on. Let's just pause the podcast for a second. Just give me two two seconds. You mean our Usher podcast? Yeah, exactly. This is now an Usher fan <laughs> podcast. We've given up. Usher, if you'd like to watch the Olsen Twins movie with us. Usher, if you want to sponsor us. Oh my God, please. Just sing our theme song. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. My way, my way. Remember my way? No. She likes it my way. <laughs> this is also just a podcast where I sing a lot now. No, it's like a really cool music video. You have to watch it. 1998, I think. Really, oh, really cool. For a big year. It was for the best. Everything. Uh, mine was 2010. So clearly you and I are just on completely different Usher genres. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like two different Ushers, practically. There's some discrepancy in how to spell hot toddy. Some people spell it like the drink and some people spell tati, which now I uh, imagine if this song was written today, it would be hot thotty. Oh my gosh. Yes. Hot thotty. Usher, if you're listening, and I know you are, re-release it. Hot thotty. Yeah. I mean, how do I copyright that? I could use some cash. Couldn't we all? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it for the Mary <laughs> Kate Olshin Usher podcast. <laughs> Happy 25th anniversary of It Takes Two, everyone. Yeah, we'll be celebrating next week. Return for another riveting podcast where we barely talk about the movie we were supposed to watch and mostly talk about everything else in our lives. So I'd like to bring up real fast that we did get our first review. Thank you to Mayella for writing a beautiful review and ode to this podcast. If anybody else wants to rate this podcast so that maybe we'll get noticed by one of the sponsors that we've tried because, you know, we're really just going for small people such as YouTube, Hulu, and Usher. It's doable. Yeah. We also created an Instagram account for this, uh, You Got It Dude Pod, which we have posted on exactly one time so far. Yes. Very proud of us. <laughs> I will post on it again once I get the motivation to do so. But we have 21 yeah. followers as of this recording. So follow oh, wow. at You Got It Dude Pod. I'm impressed with that. Um, thank you to Whitney for starting that. Um, also, as always, we invite Sarah Ramos to be on the podcast. As always. Please, yeah. Sarah. Sponsor us, Sarah Ramos. <laughs> Um, and then you can follow us individually. I'm Dina.Day. I always have to look this up. I'm Whitney R. Peterson. It's just my name, people. I gotta look it up. <laughs> it's just my name. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>